Protect the Rock is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. You guys know that we love college football, but we actually love Taylor Swift more. GameTime is the best way to get tickets for everything from sporting events to shows by artists like T-Swift. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or Apple Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. And we're going to enjoy this tonight, but on Friday, we're going to have another team meeting and we're going to get locked in on next year. Hey everyone, welcome back to Protect the Rock, the Clemson podcast from The Athletic. I'm Nicole Auerbach, she's Grace Rayner, and it is, I guess, rivalry week, but I was going to say it's Thanksgiving week. That's the that's the more important thing. We get the best meal of the year. Happy Thanksgiving, friend. Happy Thanksgiving. We should have a virtual Friendsgiving, don't you think? Oh my gosh, that'd be so fun. That'd be We would get absolutely destroyed for being millennials, though. Yes, true, but I feel like... You know, for for those who don't follow our insane Twitter threads sometimes, we have a group chat with some of our colleagues at The Athletic who watch The Bachelor. The group chat is called Here for the Wrong Reasons. And I feel like one year we should all do a Friendsgiving. Like, I know it's the most, the busiest time of the year for college football season, but I feel like we all need to do it one year. I'm into it. All of us also have matching socks. We could all roll out our (laughs) socks. (laughs) That was a gift from us to, to all the boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. Okay, good. Well, we're going to talk about our favorite Thanksgiving dishes because that really is the most important thing this week. Um, but first, we'll talk a little bit football. Clemson has South Carolina this weekend. Um, and one of the things that I thought was really fun about your look back last week about 50 great Dabo quotes slash anecdotes and stories Involve South Carolina. So tell me more about how you learned about the Clemson, South Carolina through a couple of these little anecdotes about Dabo. Sure. So I grew up in North Carolina, so I didn't really understand the Clemson, South Carolina football rivalry really until I moved to South Carolina. But, um, you know, this is a rivalry that that Dabo has compared a lot to Alabama-Auburn. Um, it's it's kind of a rivalry that nationally does not get some of the attention that some of the bigger ones do, obviously. Um, but still, man, just as passionate. South Carolina is obviously a pretty small state, and so you were born into one or the other. And um, it's just it's it's funny to listen to Dabo talk about the rivalry before Clemson flipped it, because probably one of my all time favorite stories of his is. Um, he would, you know, Dabo, like everyone asks for photos and mm-hmm. he's a pretty jovial guy. So he'll usually oblige. And there was this there was this streak where all these South Carolina fans would ask him for a picture. And then right as the camera was snapping, they'd hold up five fingers to five bomb him for oh, the, fact no. that, the fact that they had beat Clemson five times in a row. And Dabo had no idea. Did he, so, when did he find out about this? Eventually someone told him because it was going all over social media. And I will never forget Cleland Farrell uh, now with the Raiders. But he was saying that when they found out about it, he just could not stop laughing because Dabo was like big time cheesing and all of these pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and so some of the Clemson 
guys were really mad. I just remember laughing so hard because Cleveland thought it was hilarious. But yeah, just like needless to say, this is a rivalry that um, is year round uh, on both sides for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like um, those types of stories are a lot better when you've flipped the rivalry and you can make fun of how things used to be. Um, I mean, as everyone knows, I'm a Michigan grad and, you know, it's like 14 to 15 years, Ohio State and that rivalry. Like, it's really not that fun when it's lopsided. But at least in this one, because it has been streaky lately, like it's kind of split. At least like both sides have had their little runs and their photos and their five bombing, which is that what it's called? Is that what you that call is it? what it's Five called? Yeah, I feel like I'd be too scared to do that. Like, I don't know. I'd be too scared to disrespect a college coach like that. Well, the funny part would be like if those people then like posted on social media and like tagged him in it, and that was how we found out about it. But that probably wasn't the case. I mean, I that would be that would be like that would take a lot of courage to do. Oh my gosh, yeah. But that's the thing; he doesn't have like a Twitter or an Instagram. So, so you couldn't really do it anyway. Yeah, but mm. someone showed him. I mean, maybe yeah. his kids or his players. <laughs> but can you Five imagine being bombing. a fly on the wall when he? I think he said that his reaction was like, "Son of a gun!" You know, these guys. <laughs> so Davo, so Davo. Um, so obviously, like Clemson is you know big favorite in this game. Um, we've talked on this pod about how. You know, they get dinged for their schedule where they do have two SEC teams on their schedule and, you know, they can't really necessarily help the types of seasons that these teams have had. Um, So, I mean, let's say it goes about how we expect, which is Clemson to win big. And yes, it's a in-state rivalry and there's vitriol and all of that and things could stay tighter because of that. But is there anything that you want to see out of Clemson in this game? Like maybe that they could be pushed in certain ways that other opponents haven't been able to? I think the biggest thing that I'm looking for is when we talk about Clemson and when the committee has talked about Clemson these past few weeks, they've used that word dominance. Mm -hmm. And so that's probably the thing I'm going to be paying the most attention to is, okay, Clemson's now won six games by 30 or more points. Is this an outing where that trend continues? Is it a little closer? I tend to believe that um, Clemson will have no problems and I expect them to win big, but this is a game that, you know, it's a passionate game. And then I guess there's a little bit of, a little bit of added interest in knowing what South Carolina did to Georgia. Um, so I'm just kind of looking at it from the eye test. Yeah, I think that that's actually a pretty important thing. Um, not, I guess if Clemson wins out here and um, Georgia stays with that one loss. Like, I don't know if we'll be compared directly, but common opponents do sometimes come into play and do matter. Um, It's going to be interesting to me. I want to see, you know, if just Trevor Lawrence can continue to perform at such a high level and just make basically no mistakes. Um, You know, this is a South Carolina passing defense that's ranked in the bottom half of the SEC. And listen, like the SEC is – turning into a league that has these quarterbacks like Joe Burrow now. So that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all that bad. I mean, they're giving up, you know, 227 um, rush, uh, passing yards per game. So, I mean, I, I do think that there's going to be opportunities for, for Trevor to exploit that. But I would love to see, you know, that we've been kind of tracking his touchdown and interception ratio and how that's shifted as the season has gone on. Um, so I, I'm curious about that. I'm curious about whether – because it is a bigger game, because it's an SEC opponent, maybe people will watch Clemson, which like I don't I still don't think people have really watched them in the last month. Yeah. And maybe that gets Travis Etienne into a Heisman conversation as a long shot. I, I don't know. 
Yeah, it is. It is interesting that I even saw an article from a national writer who I can't remember like what outlet or, or who it was, but he had even basically admitted that he had not really watched Clemson this year. I mean, this is I don't know. Yeah. I just think people don't want to sit there and watch you know, start to finish a 35, 40 point but, blowout. But here's the thing. Like people are not even watching like the first halves of these games. Like I still think there is a portion of people out there that still think Clemson is not as good as they were last year. Yeah, I think, yeah, I because think there is too. They watched the fourth quarter of North Carolina. They watched some of the Louisville game. But I just think that people who are missing out because, like you said, they're 35-point they're favorites or whatever it is, you know, are really going to underestimate this team when it comes to the playoff. Because th- this is part of the reason it's so interesting and so important, like who gets the one seed this year, because people are – terrified of Clemson like like they're thinking if you're a two and you have to go through Clemson let's say at three and what we could talk about where potential seating will fall for Clemson but there seems to be such a drop-off after three and so whoever gets one gets to avoid let's say it's Clemson in a semi and then get them in the championship game whereas number two has two really tough games so I, I just think it's really interesting because the people who've watched Clemson are terrified of them And then the people, and they're talking about them like the playoff is dominant against their schedule, dominant, you know, from start to finish this year, whatever, versus the people who just kind of have not been paying attention to them. Um, And I guess maybe are taking us for granted or just not thinking about Clemson in that same way. But the people who are paying attention are aware that we have reached like, like the, what did, what do we call it? Like Death Star level or like, I don't, (laughs) I don't know what level of Clemson this is, but clearly we're there. Um, I, I do wonder if, because it's South Carolina, maybe more people will tune in for that reason and and learn that. Yeah, I think, and it's going to be the. I think it's it's a national game on at noon, isn't it? The people that aren't watching are, I also assume, are probably not listening. Um, and when Dabo Sweeney talks about this team in the way that he does and says that the offense is not even close. To where it was this time last year in terms of it being better this mm-hmm. year. I mean, that's an insane statement because this same offense destroyed Alabama by 28 points in the biggest game of the year. Yeah, and he so, said that about the defense being ahead of yeah. schedule too and as uh, a scoring defense, turnovers, all of those things. So, yeah, I mean, again, if you're listening to this podcast, you know all of these things, but we really probably should. It should be like a public service announcement that we're like, hey, everyone, Clemson is terrifying again, just like – just be aware. Talk about them that way because you're going to look dumb if you don't. Um, right. I, I do I do wonder also, and tell me if I'm wrong here, I think I see a scenario where Clemson could go higher than three in the final rankings. Does that sound crazy? No, I don't think that's crazy. I mean, we saw – I mean, a lot of Clemson's fate, as we have talked about before, depends on other teams. Yes. Um, but I don't think that it's unreasonable – to think that Clemson could make a jump. I think we saw, obviously we've seen LSU's defense not being close to the defense of Ohio State and Clemson, right? And we've talked about them as complete teams. But Ohio State did not look amazing against Penn State. And a lot of it was self-inflicted mistakes and turnovers and things. Um, But they just, they seemed more human. And I wonder if there is potentially an opening. If all three stay undefeated, I mean, I think we would 
assume that LSU would probably still stay up in that one spot because they would be adding a win over a top five team in Georgia in the SEC title game. Um, but if the if the committee really does want, you know, the, the really does value balance and, and complete teams, I think you could make that case for Clemson to slide up a little bit. I mean, maybe if like they, they probably they're going to face the winner of Virginia Tech and Virginia right in the in the in the conference championship game. If it's Virginia Tech, who's just been kind of lighting the world on fire lately, like if they're a top 25 team, like, is that enough? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I don't know. I, this might be just wishful thinking, but I, I'm sort of ta- thinking out loud and wondering if there's potential flaws enough in LSU or Ohio State. I, they probably, one of them probably would need to lose, but I, I, I still kind of think that could be an interesting conversation. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that room. Oh, sure. I mean, because you know they're probably going to talk about it. I mean, I don't know. The thing with Ohio State that I just could not get over was the four fumbles. I mean, that's just like... Well, and they were like basically in like a span of like 16 game seconds. It was just... It it was crazy. And they haven't had a game like that. And, you know, maybe it's recency bias or whatever, but, you know, Clemson's one iffy game was so long ago now. And we're not talking about it or thinking about it. And theirs was dicey and it was in mid-November right right yeah I mean I don't know I I would I'm with you I'd love to be a, a fly on the wall and that's a, a question that I think that we should definitely ask as some of these rankings come out and we're back on these teleconferences because you know we like you said we know the first three teams that narrative's kind of set the fourth team is anyone's guess um, but yeah the the ordering of it and the seating of it to me, is just as interesting. And then, obviously, you're looking at, uh, are, is Clemson got a shot at playing in Atlanta, or are they automatically right. destined to Phoenix? Right, right. And, and you know, like I said, I mean, I, I don't know if they would get a chance to be in the running for, like, the number one spot. But, um, you know, even two versus three is, is interesting. It would say something about the committee and what they were valuing. Um, but, again, I mean, you have a team in Ohio State that's got Michigan this week. And then, you know, Minnesota or Wisconsin, those are going to be big wins, big opportunities for them. LSU has just the Georgia game left. They've got a rematch of the seven overtime A&M game this week, but that was kind of it. Um, so I just, I, it's it's going to be kind of fascinating how it plays out and like what really Clemson can do to boost their own schedule. I mean, like we've talked a lot about the eye test and, you know, because they can control that. Um, but again, it's, there's an SEC opponent. I know it's an annual game, but, you know, that's that's a strong non-conference opponent, theoretically. Maybe a top 25 team in the ACC title game. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I think a top 25 in the conference championship would, would do a lot for Clemson. I really do. I mean – it's it's not their fault that the, that their schedule crumbled right. down the stretch, but I do think that that would help with uh, both the eye test and strength of schedule. I mean, part yeah. of strength of schedule is the eye test. Yeah, yeah. So it, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out. And again, like if you know someone like Travis Etienne can enter the Heisman race, but um, before we get to all of that, we have the best meal of the year. So I need Grace. We we always text and talk about food. That's basically 90% of our text exchange. <laughs> um, what are you eating for dinner? What are you eating for dinner? Send me a photo. Um, send me the recipe. So tell me, like, walk me through what is the Thanksgiving setup? Where is it? Who makes what? Are you, like, responsible for a certain dish? Or, like, 
you know, guarding a certain dish because you want to make sure you get it first. Like walk me through (laughs) the grace Thanksgiving approach. Oh, man. Okay. So Thanksgiving is always at my childhood home in North Carolina. And um, my favorite part of Thanksgiving is as soon as I wake up, my mom, um, she like makes my grandmother's stuffing recipe. And so celery and onions are sauteing at like eight in the morning. And so you just wake up to the smell, which is the best part. Um, but I, I don't know if I'm going favorite dish, I think I'm going, um, my mom, when she makes her, um, mashed potatoes, she does twice baked and then she puts them back into their jackets. So I'm probably going that. What about you? So we do it also where I grew up, my parents place in New Jersey. Um, and it's my favorite holiday because same we, well, first off the food is amazing, but also like, so we celebrate like Christmas and Hanukkah, like we have two different sides of the family in terms of holidays. So this is the one where everyone is all together and there's no religion and it's just like everyone enjoying food and football and it's a wonderful day. Um, But mostly, you know, I get both sides of the family there. So um, I love pretty much everything because my mom, my grandma, like that's my Italian side of the family. So they make almost everything. And it's so good. I started, uh, my new responsibility is the stuffed artichokes, which are kind of hard to make, but my grandma taught me a few years ago. So now I'm responsible for them. But I hope my mom, my mom has like a really great corn souffle. That's like the most popular thing that she makes um, every year. And so she usually makes two of them. So last year I made one, she made one. Um, but this year I want to be more involved in the turkey process because same, I've never, I feel like we need to learn. Yeah. And I've never made one. Like I've watched, but I want to like be involved and see all the different steps so that someday I could do it myself and have confidence in it. Cause like pretty much all the side dishes, like I'm good with and like even the gravy and stuff, but I want to be involved in the turkey. Cause I know it's so hard to like nail the turkey. Right. Do you guys put stuffing in your turkey? Um, so, like, not really. I'm trying to picture it. We put, like, um, like different things. Like, my, I know my mom puts, like, an orange, like, in certain um, herbs and stuff that go in there. Um, but I don't think stuff. Like, we, we have, a, like, a small thing of stuffing. But it's not huge. Like, it's not super popular at our Thanksgiving. Like, we have some, untru- like, again, like, the corn souffle is the most popular side. Um, I mean, like, I love mashed potatoes of all, of all kinds. We have, like, you know, breaded um, green beans. Um. Oh yeah, green bean casserole is good. Yep, I made the green bean casserole for us last year. Um, we do like I've gotten made fun of this, but like at every family gathering, we always make pepperoni bread. Um, which I've had that. Yep, which you've had. So like that's always an appetizer for everything, even though it's not like super Thanksgiving y. Like there will be like four of those at Thanksgiving while everyone's just hanging out. Um, but yeah, I mean it's just like it's like all delicious hearty things and. This year is going to be the year of the turkey. I'm going to learn. I really like that. My older brother, Will, he – my actually, this is probably my favorite Thanksgiving tradition. I don't – I need to know if you do this because I'm a little disgusted by it, but maybe I need to try it. He is like – he'll make his plate, and then in one bite, he's got like eight different things. Like he is a perpetual oh. like mixer. See, he'll go I like, don't know. I don't like doing that at all. He'll go in like in one bite. He'll go like mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, um, the cranberry sauce, stuffing, and a piece of turkey and no, gravy that, on top. That gives me anxiety. He's like Joey from Friends. Yeah, that's too much. Like I, I'm one of those people where like I don't want my food to touch other food like on the plate. 
But like in Thanksgiving, I will like loosen that because like I will let gravy get on anything because it only helps. But other than that, like everything is separate and I eat one thing at a time. Like that just, that's a strange strategy. You go one at a time, like you finish every side one at a time. Usually, yeah. Like sometimes it'll be like turkey, go to a side, back to turkey. But yeah, no, I pretty much like, (laughs) I pretty much do like eat the whole thing at one time and then the next thing. Oh my gosh. You're so, like that's, (laughs) I feel like that's like so, you're such a rule follower with your plate. I bop around. Maybe I was, you know, like when you're a child and you have those plates that have like the dividers for all the the entrees and the sides, like maybe I just took that too literally as a child. Yeah, I'm going to buy you one for Christmas. (laughs) It's possible. It is possible. Um, But yeah, I think like um, it's definitely the best holiday. Definitely. We, I mean, we tend to watch, you know, it's mostly NFL that day, but like we grew up in an NFL household, like Jersey is pro sports market. So we'll eventually go to the Egg Bowl and like watch some of the college football games, but um, it's gonna be it's it's fun. It's always the best best uh, day of the year, and then you know obviously it sets up the best weekend of the year usually for college football. So um, I think it's just gonna be really fun. And I mean, I, I you know if you're a Clemson fan, it's like not a stressful week at all. I'm sure there have been years where it's like you're like you know at Thanksgiving and you've got people on both sides and you're like trying to you know just feel good about the game and you're not sure. But like this year. Pretty low stress. Yeah, you're probably feeling pretty good if you're if you're pulling for the Tigers. Yes, absolutely. Well, we'll wrap up here. We hope that everyone listening has a wonderful Thanksgiving, um, and we'll tune back after the regular season ends because we will continue with the podcast. But we have a bonus episode tomorrow, and it will be a look at the all-decade team moments, games, um, just pivotal things that happened since 2010 for the Clemson football program. Grace also has a written piece out about all of that as well. So be sure to check all of those out before you turn in for the turkey. Turn in for the turkey? Turn out for the turkey? (laughs) What's the turn out for the turkey? Turn up for the turkey. Turn up for the turkey. Um, And then, so please listen to that. And then we'll be back next Monday as well as we start the postseason push. Uh, Thanks, as always, for listening to Protect the Rock, the Clemson podcast, The Athletic, and um, please subscribe and read our work, too. 